welcome to Land Grant Holy Land Uncut. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we bring you uncut audio from press conferences and interview sessions with Ohio State players, coaches, and sometimes various and sundry other figures from the sporting world. On today's episode, you will hear from not one, not two, but three different Ohio State football coaches from their Tuesday, October 18th media availability heading to this week's game against the Iowa Hawkeyes. First up, we will hear from head coach Ryan Day, and then after a short break, we will hear from both coordinators, first defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, and then offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson. But before we get you into that audio, if you are finding this episode on our website, LandGrantHolyLand.com, make sure that you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you get all of the unique, varied perspectives that you will only hear from LandGrantHolyLand.com. We are bringing you almost two podcasts every single day throughout the college football season, and you will not get this kind of news, analysis, conversations, as well as kind of off-the-wall voices and focuses anywhere else in the Buckeye podcasting universe. So, now that we've got that out of the way... Here is Ohio State head coach Ryan Day, defensive coordinator Jim Knowles, and offensive coordinator Kevin Wilson. Uh, front row left, Dave Biddle, 24-7 sports. Hi, Ryan. Um, I know you love when we ask you about injuries, but what's the update with uh, Jackson and uh, Jordan Hancock? <laughs> <laughs> Funny you ask. Um, we, you know, coming off of the bye week, uh, we got a lot of guys rest, and then Went on the field a little bit yesterday. We've got a big practice today. So right now, we're not going to give any any, any uh, injury updates. But then as we get closer to the end of the week, we'll have a better idea. Uh, third row left, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Ryan, I think Iowa's defense is ranked third in the country in points allowed per game. Yeah. How much do you view this as a measuring stick kind of game for the No, I think they, they're very good. Um, you know, been been working hard um, and, and, you know, trying to figure out, you know, how to attack them. But they're, they're very good in what they do. And... Um, you know, just the minute you think that, um, you know, they're not going to change it up, they do, and very well coached. So, um, you know, there's a reason why they're ranked so high in, in year in and year out. They're one of the better defenses in the country. They do a great job, and so this will be a, a, certainly a challenge for the offense. Uh, fourth row middle, Andy Andrews, Buckeye Sports Bulletin. Uh, yes, Coach. I, I know this has been revisited several times already, but obviously before the season you called for a top-10 defense. Right now, 10th nationally in scoring, 5th in yards per game, 7th in pass, ninth in rush defense. Um, is there any added sense of security, I guess, that maybe, at least statistically, the defense is kind of living up to that expectation you set? I think we made some progress, but um, you know, the goal is to be the best in the country at everything we do. So I don't think that that's, that was anything um, you know, out of school. I, I think it's just the way that we approach our, uh, our work here. And um, there's been really good things, but that was the first half of the season. Now we're on to the second half of the season. And the uh, second half of the season started yesterday with getting out in the field. So uh, nothing we've done in the past matters anymore. All that matters is what we're doing moving forward, and uh, the challenges are only going to be harder. But uh, there's been some good things, but certainly a lot more uh, bigger challenges ahead. Ryan, last week, going into the body, you mentioned how good you thought CJ had done with his movement and getting outside the pocket. In this, the offseason, was that something that you talked to him that you wanted to see him improve? Was that something he dissected himself in his own game um, and took that upon himself to get better at? I think it, it all started in the weight room with uh, with the work that he put in with Mick and, and everybody there, just getting stronger, faster, more powerful. Um, you know, and so because of that, that's allowing him opportunities to do more, um, you know, things outside the pocket than he's done in the past. So, um, you know, I think his body changed in the offseason and that um, you know, just – Put in a really good off season, so I think that's really where it all came from. Ryan, did you see what you needed to see you guys as a staff from the corners this week to, to make you think that some of those issues you guys had pop up have been corrected or maybe? Yeah, I think they've been working hard. I think uh, they've been um, you know working hard at practice. I think they understand where they need to get better. Uh, we'll find out more on Saturdays. So that's the ultimate test, but. The preparation's there. I think the attention's there. I think the work's there. Um, and that's the way it is for all of us. Coach, overall, you said you want to get back to the basics during the bye. Just give us an idea of how it works and what kind of progress you feel like you've made. Yeah, I think it, it allows us the opportunity to take uh, take a step back and look at where we're at um, and like rebite on things, just little things like how we meet, <clears throat> how we go out to practice, how we stretch, how we go through our individual drills, identify our techniques and fundamentals that we need to get better at because what happens, you know, six games in, you start to focus a little bit more on scheme. So um, I think we did a good job of that. But again, you know, the emphasis 
Uh, this week will be uh, on Iowa, but we still will be hammering the, the fundamentals and techniques because that's what Iowa does such a great job with. You know, I think that they're very, very good with their pad level, great with their hands. They understand their offense and defense better than you. That's that's their goal. You can tell that. And they play good complementary football. So um, hopefully this off week has allowed us to rebite in that area. As good as they are on D, they're dead last in uh, total offense. Is there anything that needs to be said about 238 yards a game? Uh, how do you not be complacent about that? Well, I think you know their their style is similar to some of the teams we played, where you know they want to control the game. Um, you know they're not looking or interested in, in you know scoring a million points or getting a, a ton of yards. They don't want to just win the game, um, and that's that's their focus. And you can tell that they're complementary, and they've done that for a long time, and it's a winning. A recipe. So, um, you know, we're not going to look too far into that and just, um, you know, make sure that we're identifying how to go win the game. Right. Hypothetically, if Jackson can come back on Saturday, what does that mean for the rest of that unit? It's a lot different than when he got hurt with more experience for Mecca and Marvin and Julian's healthy. Like, I know that's a good problem to have, but what do you think that would mean to the rest of that? How have you thought about that? Yeah, I, I think it, it allows us more depth there. Um, it takes some some stress off the other guys, which uh, they've taken on a lot in these, these first six games. You know, I think if you, uh, you know, seven weeks ago said, here's what's going to happen, you know, you would have realized that's that's a, uh, you know, pretty heavy burden for those guys. You know, special teams, a lot of reps at their position. Um, and I think they've, they've done well and benefited from that. I think we all have. But uh, getting him back certainly would take some stress off of them and, you know, and, and I think, you know, then we'll we'll be at full strength. Jackson would still be a starter for your team then? Yeah, I would say so. That's what it says to Right next door, Tim May, Letterman Row on three. Oh, yeah, one and done. Uh, Ryan, when, go, go back to what you just talked about a second ago or a minute ago. When would you remember coming up with the, the idea or – that you're going to try to score as many points as you can, gain as many yards as you can, et cetera. Do you remember an influence that came along in your either your playing career, coaching career, that told you that's the way to go? Um, I, I think yeah. When I played in, um, you know, at the University of New Hampshire, and, and uh, you know, Chip Kelly was my coordinator, and we were kind of, um, you know, at the beginning stages of the no huddle and going fast, and you know, we did. We want to put a lot of stress in the defense, and it's changed so much since then, but. Um, yeah, I mean, we wanted to get, you know, defenses to defend the entire field, you know, horizontally and vertically um, and find ways to stress out the defense. And at the time, it was going fast, whether uh, guys not getting the calls in fast enough, uh, maybe not physically in enough shape to handle it for four quarters. You know, at that time, it was it was very different. I think now um, it's changed as well. But the number one goal is to put as much stress on the defense as you can. You know, don't make it easy on them. Make it easy on yourself and allow the guys to play fast. Thanks, yep. uh, right next door, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Ryan, when you talked with Steel Chambers a year ago about switching to linebacker, how is he sort of – what did you envision for him making that switch? Did you think he could be starter, second leading tackler on the team? Just what was kind of your overall expectation? Yeah, it didn't have a lot of expectations, but um, if you had said that this is what's going to happen, then obviously that would have been a success because uh, where he came from playing playing running back and to where he's at now with his production uh, has been excellent. But we also now are counting on him to be a starter for us. And, um, you know, he is a starter for us, and he's had really good production. So um, – you know, between he and Tommy, I think they're both playing at a high level. You know, and we're going to need those guys if we're going to reach our goals. Ryan, I want to ask you about the punt. I know it changes based on weather and field position and how good the opposing defense is, but just like generally speaking, do you, can you end a drive with a punt and have it be successful? Do you hate punts? Like you guys, right. last year I think we're, we're last in the country and how often do you punt it? What's your mm -hmm. view of it? Well, I think it depends on the game that you're in. If you're in a, a matchup game, um, you know, back and forth, uh, low scoring field position game, then absolutely. You know, you could be backed up on the five yard line. Our number one goal is to get two first downs and get that thing towards midfield and then allow our, punt, our punter to get on the field and our punt team to get out there to change and, and flip the field. I think you saw us do that a little bit in the Notre Dame game. Uh, but there's other games where it's kind of back and forth and, you know, you really can't afford to punt because, you know, the scores are coming fast and furious. Um, so I think a, a big part of it, like when you talk about analytics, I think that comes into play. But also there's just a feel for how your team's doing, the, the way the game's flowing. 
and you know the, the punt can be a huge weapon for you. Um, I, I think you know when you can pooch and you know the ball's about at midfield and you can get that thing inside the ten yard line and then force a team to go all the way down the field. Um, that's that's really important in close games as well. So I know those games are coming here and we're going to have to do a great job in the punt team. So it's easy for us to look at this offense and say there's nothing wrong with it. It's scoring at will. But now that you've had the bye week a chance to look back, what's maybe the one thing that you need to change that this offense needs to change moving forward? I mean, there's more than one. There's a whole bunch um, that we got to get better at. And I think our guys know that. And I think that's why they come in hungry every day to get better. Um, you know, we know the issues are there. Um, and we have to identify those and uh, be introspective enough to recognize those and get them fixed uh, after a game, even if we've had a lot of success. So um, and then the other thing is just staying disciplined enough not to think that, you know, you've arrived or that you have a really good offense. You know, it doesn't doesn't mean anything going into this game that we've got to bring it every single week. And that's why practice is so critically important. Taking pride in your execution, playing with great pad level, understanding how important the ball is. Uh, playing really good in situational football. I mean, all these things don't just happen because uh, we've done it in the past or that we have good players or uh, or whatever. You know, we have to bring it every single week, and that's the competitive stamina that we've been talking about, and we're going to have to do it again on Saturday. Fourth in the middle, Tony Griffin, Buckeye Hubble. Ryan, when you do get everybody back full strength, how do you make sure you don't try to force the action or try to get Jackson too involved or just yeah, how do you no, make that's sure a great question I, it, you can't get into that you just can't it's the same thing we talked about uh, with CJ early in the year um, you know if you start worrying about that you put yourself at risk of getting beat and we can't do that so uh, it'll happen naturally we just got to go out and play and we can't focus on or have expectations uh, or focus on the number of you know touches the number of runs the number of throws the number of catches those things we have to take what the defense is giving us and if that means they're playing a two shell and we got to run it or if they're coming coming down with an extra guy in the box we got to take a one on one shot then then that's what that's what uh requires us to do we will and you know if one guy's getting double teamed he's getting double teamed the ball's got to go somewhere else we've seen that before so um no that's one thing we have to make sure we guard guard from uh, second row middle Nathan Barrett you mentioned earlier um the teams like Iowa and the kind of the style that they play and the way they approach things but you're going to see some teams later in the season that aren't satisfied with, with that kind of style of play. They're going to push the action a lot more. So how is that affecting how you guys are approaching practice scenarios right now, the good on good? Are you ramping that up at all as you look at the teams you are playing and the teams that you hope to play? I think that's the balance you look for in the bye week is, you know, what's coming ahead and then you know, making sure you focus on beating Iowa. And and now uh, after we come off the bye week, the, all the focus is on Iowa. But last week we did talk about some of those things and try to uh, forecast what's coming ahead. Ryan, it's, it's not just that Iowa's defense doesn't allow a lot of points or, or yards. They, they're very opportunistic. Yeah. How is that going to shape the game plan? You're obviously an aggressive offense, but you know that they rely on their defense for some of their offense. That's it. Yeah, and they, they force you to execute the thing all the way down the field and uh, get their hands on a lot of balls. And and, uh, and we know I've been there before, so uh, I've seen it against these guys live and in color. So uh, it's something we got to talk to our offense about, make sure they understand how important the ball is here. And uh, – and, and just do a really good job and recognize that they're a very good defense that, um, like you said, is going to keep it in front of them. They know their defense. They, they know how to tackle really, really well. And anytime you're going against that style of a defense, then they're going to create turnovers. So, you know, we have to do a better job. And I think, again, they, they you know, feel like, you know, they know their defense better than you know your offense and vice versa. And, and anytime that's the case, you know, you have to do a great job of being detailed yourself and be really clean with the game plan. Far left, Justin Holbrook. Yeah, he's always been well-rounded. His mom, Monica, has done an unbelievable job raising him. And uh, Paris has a really good balance of football and life. Uh, he's done a lot. He has a foundation. Um, and he's done very well in the field, like you said. So uh, we saw that in recruiting. And I think that's where he saw the culture here at Ohio State and recognized what the culture was here and, um, and recognized what Ohio State could do for him. But also we recognized early on what Paris Johnson could do for Ohio State. So I think it's been a great marriage. And, uh, you know, in three short years, he's made a, he's made a major impact there. Uh, second row left, uh, Stephen Mead, please. Uh, you're in a bye week. You can't be everywhere, obviously, when you're going out recruiting guys. Uh, when you're deciding where you're going to be at as the head coach on a Friday night watching the kid play high school football, how does that 
who you come to that decision in your head is depending on the type of recruit, maybe who maybe needs more assistance. So just kind of walk us through that process. Yeah, just rely on the assistance and, and rely on Mark and take their advice on on what um, you know what priorities need to uh, be addressed. Um, some guys had already been seen. You're only allowed one one evaluation here in the fall, so you know, there's only a list, certain list of guys that we actually could go out and see here this past week, and it went out on a Monday and Friday, um, and just try to take their advice and make the best decision on, you know, the best use of your time. But, uh, but it was good to get everybody on the road and be around, um, you know, some great football on a Friday night. Pat Murphy, 24-7 sports. Ryan, in addition to injuries and, and things, we talked last week about momentum from carrying it over. How do you feel like that happened with the off weekend, especially getting back to practice yesterday and building on what you did the first half? Yeah, I think the energy has been really good. I think our guys have, um, you know, just had a lot of juice about them, even in the off week. Sometimes you feel a lull during that time. I don't, I don't feel like that at all, but it's great to get them back. I think a couple of days away, re-energize them even more, though, coming back into the Woody uh, yesterday. Second row right, Bill Landis. Right. Having to accentuate different parts of the offense, just being down guys and building up strength in, in different areas. When you all get back to full strength and you have your full complement of, of playmakers, does that stuff you've built up remain part of the plan? Does it get put on the back burner in place of the stuff you had in mind coming into the season? Just how do you how do you balance all that? Which everybody back? I just think it's it's you have an uh, an option of different things now that maybe you didn't have before, but really almost every game plan what we're trying to do is identify the things that we think give us the best chance to move the football and, and score and win the game so um, rarely do we say okay we've done this in the past no matter what we're seeing on defense this is what we're going to run we don't really look at it like that okay what do they do and how can we attack them and then here are the tools that we've that we have and you know in our arsenal but also um, you know what have we done in the past that we can draw upon see it's hard to put in something you know brand new that you haven't worked over and over again, work all the kinks out, uh, execute at a high level. But things that you've done that fit in that game plan, certainly you take those out and put them into the game plan and figure out how to dress them up. Did I miss anybody during that first round? Uh, uh, Deep, uh, Jeremy Birmingham Rivals. Right. On a weekend like this one, you do have a chance to watch other teams around the country. Do you feel better about where you are positioned right now with this current group, or do you find other issues that all of a sudden could be something you have to pay attention to as you try to project the rest of the season? Uh, both. I think we, we talked about it uh, as a team yesterday, just you know, when you're able to sit back and look to see what's going on out there. Um, it just gives you some some idea of, of you know what's coming ahead. But, you know, I think it was at three, I think at least three of the top ten teams in the country lost this past weekend. So that's the whole uh, you know, emphasis of competitive stamina. You got to bring it every single week, and um, you know we know the challenges uh, ahead are are bigger. But um, but yeah, it was it was good to get you know spend a few hours watching some other teams and seeing where they're at. Go far left, Jared Smalley, WCMH. Well, Ryan, following up on that, you you've told us a number of times how you like to go home and watch games with the family, order food, have the big evening. You had that opportunity Saturday with some of the best games of the season. What did you watch? How did you watch it? Like how how intense was that to watch it? Yeah, we had a couple TVs going, and uh, we started off in the morning, and then actually in the evening doing some family things. But during the day, um, we had uh, the, the TVs going, and we were watching multiple games as many times as we could flip from game to game. We were doing that just to see what was going on. But uh, but it was great to see you know some some really good football on Saturday. All right, that was uh, quite a new question. In Seventeen minutes. To, uh, round two. Uh, We're still going, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you and Jim Knowles ever have a talk about um, whether this is like a destination job for him when you hired him? Because I've seen a lot of fans wonder, like they love the hiring of Jim Knowles, but they're like, is this going to be another Jeff Halfley situation? It feels different. Um, just did you guys talk about that at all? Yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think. Um, Jim, in the process, really um, had an affinity to Columbus, had some friends here. Um, you know, he's, he's a Philly guy, so he liked having the city feel. And, and um, so, you know, the goal was to keep him here as long as we could. Um, but, you know, that is a challenge in today's day and age. You see that across the country everywhere, you know, is, is you know, hanging on to staff and, and you know, trying to do the best we can. But <clears throat> the good news is, you know, um, I, you know, we're able to go get, you know, who we felt was the best fit here. It wasn't just... Um, just a name and and obviously Gene allowed us to do that and so um, you know I think if you just try to go look at a list and go pay a bunch of money to the highest guy um, then 
you know, they, they got to come in for the money or whatever. In this situation, it was the right fit on our end. It was the right fit on his end. So anytime we do that, we try to project the best we can so that he's here for a while so we have stability. This is probably a better question for him. Do you get the feeling? I mean, he's been a head coach before. Do you get the feeling he's content being the D coordinator at Ohio State for as long as you want him here? Yeah, I do. I think that he enjoys being a coordinator. I think he loves the X and O's of it and uh, enjoys the interaction every day with the staff and uh, seems to really enjoy it here at Ohio State. Uh, right behind him, Stephen Meese, Cleveland.com. It's one thing to tell recruits what they should expect to see from a defense when they're bringing in basically a brand-new staff outside of, of Coach Jay. When you guys got a chance to, you know, sit and talk with guys so we can evaluate them, just get on the phone with guys this past weekend. Did you feel like there was a lot of positive feedback on what they've seen through these first four, six weeks? Well, yeah, I think everything we talked about in recruiting leading up to the season, now they're seeing, uh, which is which is great because what we said was going to happen has happened and it's happening and we got to keep going on that. <clears throat> but I think the recruits now have seen it and they're excited about that and they want to jump on board. Uh, front row middle, Bill Rubinow, on this dispatch. Yeah, I know you uh, – Watched Ohio State's or Iowa's uh, defense more than their offense, but I want to get your impression of, of Luke Lachey, who obviously you know you know who he is. Uh, there was interest here. What are your impressions of him, and, and uh, anything you want to say about him? Wow, no, I, I've been watching his career closely, and and I've been very impressed with how he's played, and uh, he's made a lot of plays. He's um, you know for tight ends, you know, there's a lot of job responsibilities and descriptions and and he does them all very very well and <clears throat> Iowa does an unbelievable job of developing their players but over the years have developed some really good tight ends and, and he's kind of the next one in line and um, you know knowing him and knowing his family just proud of the way he's played every time you've been in a red zone this year touchdowns on all but two of those trips just what do you think has been the keys to your guys success in the red zone I, I think we've had good balance I think we've been on the run the football down there when we needed to uh, but also we've thrown the ball uh, well and that's going to be important as we head into the second half of the season you know just because we've done it leading up to this point doesn't mean it's going to happen again so uh, we've got to continue to run the ball down there with good scheme understand that take care of the football and then execute in the red area throwing the game at a high level because you know rarely is somebody wide open in the red zone you know usually those things are covered and, and you've seen that so far this year you know a lot of contested throws and catches down there that's that's living in the red zone but but also getting getting big down there and getting strong and being powerful from the right Austin Ward rivals 97.1 the Ryan have you all sent any post-game reviews or comments questions to the Big Ten offense about holding and your defensive linemen uh yeah we um um, every week we have, you know, back and forth. Bill Corolla does an unbelievable job of communicating with us. And, um, you know, there's some some penalties that, you know, you can go back and forth on and, and they try to do the best they can. Uh, but certainly that one's tough and pass interference is difficult and, and those type of things. And so we'll send them in to get clarification. Um, but but then there's other ones that, you know, uh, hit a little bit closer to home that we try to have better clarity on. But um, I've just been impressed, though, with everybody's communication on the field. And also their communication during the week when we send stuff in, getting back from the conference office. Uh, next door, Tim May, rival. Nope. Tim May, Letterman Rome, on three. Yeah, thank you very much. Hey, um, that took up a lot of time. Uh, Ryan, it, explain to people what makes Iowa so good on defense. I mean, what what is their what is their scheme in a nutshell, so yep. people can can understand why this is such a tough lot to pick. Yeah, they. Um, first off, they play good complementary football on both sides of the ball. I think that's the number one thing. The second thing is they're well coached with their fundamentals in terms of their pad level, hand placement. Uh, they play in a four-down scheme. Uh, they don't do a ton, but when they do change it up, uh, it's very, very effective. Um, they know the things that are going to – how they're going to get attacked, and they have uh, years and years and years of teams game planning them. So they know the, the slight adjustments they need to make in order to stop what's going on. And I think it all starts from the coordinator and comes down to the type of players that they have. They're tough. They're accountable. They understand the scheme really well. Second row middle, Nathan Barrett, This is sort of a correlated one I asked before, I suppose. But what are you seeing from Jim Knowles that is maybe unique in terms of how he's keeping the standard high for a defense that maybe isn't facing great challenges right now during the regular season? Yeah, I, you know, that was something that we talked about coming into the season was that you know, the issues are there d d despite the result and that we have to make sure that we're identifying those. And I think he's doing that. And again, a big part of that is I keep saying it over and over again is, is your your fundamentals and your techniques, your hand placement, your pad level, those types of things. Because at the end of the day, 
you know, you can get an extra guy um, to the ball carrier, to the quarterback, and and schematically that's great. But eventually it's going to come down to one-on-one. And are we going to win our one-on-ones? And, uh, and so that always has to be the focus. Cameron Teague Robinson, The Athletic. We've talked a lot about players switching positions. What is there a characteristic trait or an IQ thing that makes certain players better at switching positions um, and excelling right away than maybe others? I, I think it starts in high school with multiple sport athletes, um, with players who play on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I think um, guys who play special teams, you know, football players are football players. When guys only play one side of the ball and maybe only play the game of football, it's hard for them to make a transition and do something else when this is all they've ever done. So I think um, the more sports you play, the more positions you play, the more things you do in the football field, the better football player you are. It allows those guys the opportunity to do something like that. Spencer Holbrook, Letterman Row. Ryan, everybody in college football watch what happened in Ann Arbor, then watch what happened in Knoxville. You guys had the week off, though. Is it kind of nice to, to almost be as under the radar as the number two team in the country can be right now? And, and do you kind of you know, preach that to your team that you know, there's not a lot of attention paid on you guys right now because there's attention focused elsewhere? It's time to just focus on yourself. Well, our, our message always is to focus on us, as you know, but. Um, you know, we have to make sure good, bad, or, you know, n- not, not much when things are being said or not said, like that has nothing to do with what we're doing on a daily basis. And <clears throat> I think our guys uh, have a good feel for that because, um, you know, we're Ohio State. Everyone knows who Ohio State is. Um, and there's a reason why it's Ohio against the world for years, you know, and, and we understand that. So we have an unbelievable fan base. Uh, Buckeye Nation's unbelievable supportive. They love the Buckeyes, so they get a lot of attention. And nationally, uh, we get a lot of attention. So um, one of the things that we have to do is figure out a way to block out all the noise, good or bad. Or you know, So um, that's not a focus for our players. But um, you know, as things move on during the season, you know, those, the noise gets louder and louder. So that message has to be stronger and stronger. At the wall, here in the Birmingham Rivals. Uh, it feels like a... a lifetime ago, but you were on the staff in 2017, Kevin was, Tony was, Brian was. How much recollection is there of what happened against Iowa in 2017, and was that, as you look back on it, is it game plan, is it execution, what was it about that day that caused it to go the way it did in your perspective, and how do you feel it relates to this weekend? That's a scar that doesn't go away, um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've felt it this week for sure. Um, you know, that, that week in particular, who was coming off the Penn State win, which is an emotional win, going into Kinnick, which is a very difficult place to play, and we turned the ball over. Like, you know, first play of the game was a pick six. I think it was the first play of the game. And then we fought ourselves back, but then turned the ball over too many times. And, uh, and you know, took a tough – that was a tough day for all of us. So, yeah, anytime you have a scar like that, it's real. And, um, we, you know, we've talked about it a lot to our staff. we talked a lot about it to – our players, we've talked a lot about, um, you know, as an offensive staff, and we'll continue to talk about it. Uh, this this team, um, you know, was always difficult to beat. Doesn't matter what year it was, and or what year it is, and, and that year was was no different than it is this year. Uh, we'll go far right, Adam King, WBNS Ten TV. Uh, you've now seen college football with NIL, without NIL. Have you noticed any changes in athletes now that it's really taken effect here? You're six weeks into the season. How do you kind of balance that knowing you can't really have a say in it, but also athletes now have photo shoots that they're doing different things throughout the week? Uh, it's just changed. You know, the landscape's changed. And, you know, we try to do the best we can to communicate it. I think our guys are handling it better than most. I mean, I, it's not always easy. There's different things. But at the end of the day, you know, that's why we recruit great people. And uh, I think they've handled it very well. But uh, to say that it hasn't changed a little bit, it has. Um, now, our guys who have been recruited here, who are in the program, weren't really recruited uh, with NIL being something that uh, was a thing during uh, the recruiting process. Now that these guys are in high school, they're seeing what's going on at different programs. So that's that's a change, but um, I think our guys have handled it very well. Uh, Ray Brown, play ball for the FYX? No? Okay, good. good. I've got time for a couple more. Uh, <laughs> second row right. Cleveland.com. Ryan, you were talking about offenses stressing defenses. Yeah. Right? You're trying to win on the scoreboard however you have to do it. 
But what do you see when you have an offense that can stress a defense, whether it's how they have to prepare that week or maybe they have to take more risks on offense? What, what do you think it does to an opponent when your offense has that capability? Yeah, I, I think it does, you know, being on the other side of the ball, you know, during, you know, my career as a coach, you know, you do feel that. And, um, you know, when that other side is, is, is clicking and, you know, it kind of can put some stress on the other side of the ball, just like vice versa, you know. Um, you know, if, if, you know, we're not doing well, but the defense is, or maybe the defense is struggling and, you know, you feel that it just is part of the game. And so, yeah, anytime that, um, you know, we can put stress on the other team, that's what we're trying to do. When we talk about Iowa's defense being fundamentally sound, in particular, they seem really good at preventing big plays, explosives. Yeah. They're the only team in the country that hasn't allowed a play 40 yards or more. What makes them good at limiting those? Again, I think they know how to keep that ball in front of them, but they challenge things and they know how you're trying to attack them. You know, they just they have a really good scheme in place and, and have the answers. Um, they tackle very well. They understand how they fit into the scheme. They have guys with experience over there. Um, I think anytime you have all of those things and you're not too complicated, then, you know, you can identify how teams are going to going to come after you. And rarely are they out of position. So very sound, <clears throat> very few MAs and uh, very well coached. Thank you all right. Much. Thanks, guys. Thanks, about how much can still be done with the Jack position. I'm curious if there's another position in the defense where maybe there's still a lot of wrinkles to show. I think um, what we've done with our safeties so far, you know, it is a safety-driven defense, so we're multiple with those guys. But um, we have not uh, blitzed them a whole lot. Um, we, we, Like I said, we haven't had to. So I think there's more that can be done there at that position. Uh, front row right, Austin Ward, Rivals, 97.1, the fan. Jim, watching every week, I think we can see how much JT is impacting the game up front, and the numbers aren't really there for him personally. What is it that he does well that impresses you or makes him so valuable to this team that doesn't necessarily translate for himself? JT is the, that combination of um, get-off quickness um, and strength kind of like Mike has at the inside. I think JT has that on the outside. So he's, um, you know, being accounted for and, and, and uses up a lot of blocks, makes initial uh, penetration a lot in the pass rush. You know, I'm sure you guys see it a lot of times that uh, uh, draws holding calls or should, you know, could have, would have, should have been a holding call. You know, he's, He's guys that kind of he's one of those guys that kind of makes things happen initially at the play. Doesn't always get the credit, but he's making uh, the ball redirect or the quarterback uh, do something different right at the snap. Second row left, uh, Stephen Means, Cleveland. Uh, whether it's Tommy here at the mic or Malcolm Rodriguez when we were still at Oklahoma State, with all due respect, those guys don't necessarily look like the guys who would be having the level of production that they've had in your defense. So from your perspective, what do you like about that type of player? And like, what does it take to be the Mike linebacker? I guess and Jim Knowles' defense allows that position to be so productive. You know, some, someone who um, can see the big picture, right, understand the scheme um, and where they fit. And that's important, right, because – uh, a lot of times guys are g good linebackers just because they run around and find the ball. Um, those two guys that you mentioned, you know, they see the big picture. They understand where the ball is going to come out. And then with both of them, there's no uh, trepidation about, you know, taking their shot. And I think that's that's what you're seeing with Tommy. That's what you saw with Malcolm. You know, they're confident they're confident that they know where the ball is going to be. They see the read, and then they go and, and pull it. And, and um, so far, he's been right most of the time. But you got to have that confidence to, to take your shot, too. 
Front row middle, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Hi, Jim. Uh, we know Iowa's offense has struggled, but the one thing they've done very well is throw the tight end. What kind of stress does that put on your defense? And I might expect you to give away your game plan, but how much of a concern is that? No, it's a concern. I mean, this is the, the best uh, tight end, uh, even two of them. Like they're all they're all good, like you said, since um, Notre Dame. You know, so so um, definitely need to be aware of it. You, you have to you have to contest. You know, it's if you give those guys too much space, they kind of body you up and and you know uh, make catches. So you got to have tight coverage. I think that's the key. You know, whether you're in zone or in man, you have to. You have to get your hands on them. Uh, front row right, Tim May. Whatever, yeah, and that's good. Letterman Rock. Uh, Jim, how do you what What are you selling your team, uh, your side this week going into this game? These guys are averaging two hundred thirty eight point seven yards per game. Last in the FBS, one hundred thirty first. And I, I know they throw the tight end, but what what is it that they do well? Also, that you you know that you're stressing to your group. The blocking schemes, right? I mean, uh, well coached. So you have some some different schemes that result from quarterback under center, you know, uh, the combination of wide zone schemes along with pole plays and, uh, you know, plays that get you running and cut back on you. So it's different. You know, we've seen a little bit of it already this year. But it's different than the way that we're trained. And, you know, I always talk about going back to your training. It's different because it's a huddle and it breaks the huddle and all those things that we've seen some of and we're going to continue to see more of. So I think it is a a matter of understanding how these type of offenses operate and being able to react and fit and even though it's not zone read and all those things that um you kind of start out training these days it is something that you know obviously you see more of in the big 10 and our guys need to understand that right behind him doug lame reese cleveland.com jim ryan was talking about complimentary football with a team like iowa <coughs> for for any defensive coordinator how does it affect your job whether you are part of a program that has a typically high scoring offense that more games than not is going to score a lot of points versus you're part of a program with maybe an offense that's going to play the field position game a little bit more. Maybe it'll be typically a lower scoring game. Are you any, does it change your style? Is it any more aggressive, less aggressive? How does it matter what your offense does? It's a, it's a good question. Um, but it doesn't change, change, uh, what I do one bit. It doesn't, you know, it's defense is an attitude, it's a mentality, so it's, you know, you have to go out there and stop them, right? Defense is a, a right now proposition. You got It doesn't matter what the score is. So I guess in a way it makes it a little more challenging because our offense is so good in, in that we maintain that level and that attitude no matter what the score is because there's going to come the time and the place. And you know I don't believe that you can just dial it up and all of a sudden say, hey, it's a tight game. Let's let's call those defenses that work now. You know, I mean, you can't, you know, it, you, you got it. It's just a, an over and, ment- over and over again um, mentality. So it doesn't uh, affect really the way I operate one bit. All right. Adam King, WBNS 10 TV. Your cornerbacks, Ryan said, have been there, just have to attack more at the point before it gets there. I'm curious if you change anything the last week and a half, two weeks over the bye week, did you work on anything more, or is that just something that eventually comes? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, going against the good competition every day that we have here, that we're fortunate to have here. You know, it's it's more reps. You know, it's um, coaching that finish and and trying to illustrate to the guy, okay, look look what happens when you turned your head the wrong way here versus when you did it correctly. So it's just a matter of uh, continuing to to rep it. And um, you know, like I said, a lot of the responsibility is on me because I need to change up coverages and and um, 
do things well enough to give those guys, uh, give the quarterback some confusion as to what he's seeing. But the more reps we can get against our offense, the better. Uh, we're going to go far left. I'm not sure if it was Jared or Justin from WCMH. Back in the spring, you went to pick north for a college showcase of sorts. I saw you on the sideline last week. Just You talked about how important it is to recruit the guys in Central Ohio. What did you make of the experience of going to the game? Was that your first chance to go to a game in the area? And, and what else did you do on the bye weekend? How much are we allowed to talk about recruiting? Oh, is yeah. that a Yeah. Just general. Yeah, just general. Um, it, I mean, I've growing up in um, Pennsylvania, you know, and I was at Eastern PA, right? So you started to, you always kind of had a, uh, I don't know if it was a chip on your shoulder, but I always thought like Ohio and Western PA, like that was where the real football was, you know, being an inner city kid, um, you know, so I've always felt that the high school football in, Ohio was just superior and you know you never really know when you're young is it talent or is it coaching or is it toughness I think it's just general attitude and support so that's I guess what I've seen is you know love going to games because of the support uh, from the community how important it is to people and I think that just kind of trickles down and that just makes football in the state that much better second row middle nathan barrett cleveland.com sort of a, a follow-up to what doug asked you about but <laughs> you're in charge of a defense right now that has made a pretty dramatic improvement since last year but how do you keep applying those those standards as sort of independent of results i guess um and communicating that in a way that players i guess get what you're trying to do as opposed to thinking you're holding them to a standard they can't achieve yeah i mean Positive results help, right? Because they see themselves making plays. They see the scheme working, how they fit in it, right? So that positive feedback helps. I mean, all players need that. Um, so when I continue to stay on them and push them, they know that good comes out of it and, and that they're productive and, and uh, everybody does well. So, but it's habits, man. It's habits. It's just habits and training and everything that uh, Coach Mick does in the weight room, everything that, you know, our culture and Coach Day preaches about fighting. It's just like fighting every day to continue to improve, no matter what the score, no matter what the circumstance. And But the doing well helps, right, because they can look and see that it does work. Right behind him, Dan Hope, 11 Warriors. Yeah, you talked about how JT has made this big impact, even though he doesn't have a ton of stats. Is that something you've had to sell those pass rushers on? Of your impact's not always going to show up in the box score? No, I haven't. Uh, <clears throat> Coach Johnson does a great job with those guys being one unit, one uh, group, and it's the same way we're uh, building the defense. Is just, hey, we all, all of us together are stronger than any of us apart, and it doesn't matter who gets the credit. You know, that's it's tough in today's day and age because of social media and everything. But I think that when you look at football, it's the greatest team game there ever was, and it's our job as coaches to uphold that. That you know what you do as a group can carry impact for ages where alone, you know, your stats may be great, but what kind of lasting impact are they going to have on the culture? So, you know, coach does a great job with those guys up front. So they're all in. I don't, they don't care who gets the glory. Uh, fourth row middle, Tony Gerdman, Buckeye Huddle. Jim, you may have seen some high scoring college football games this weekend. You guys have only faced the, the, the 68th best offense nationally in Toledo. You guys see Ohio State every day. How often is the team you face every day an accurate indicator of what the defense will be doing against better offenses and games? I think it's I think it's accurate. I mean, I, I do. I think that's why I enjoy and appreciate every chance we get to to go against our offense and. Um, 
you know, we make those cut ups against our offense, you know, in terms of teaching, um, because it is what we're going to face, you know, so I think it's real accurate get a judgment. And, you know, I'm pretty hard on them when we go against our offense where, you know, other guys might just be like, well, we're just kind of getting speed of the game. But I think it's, it's very important how we do against our own guys, because that is the best offense in the country. Got time for a couple more. Front row, uh, middle, Joey Kaufman, Columbus Dispatch. Jim, you talked about the corners getting reps against this group of wide receivers. How, how do you think they look during the off week? Just what, what did you see for them in practice? Any yeah, I, I mean, I thought they looked good. Um, you know, more times than not, than not against our guys, you're not going to look good, you know. And um, But you do learn from – you know, even the plays you don't make and you can coach off of it. So um, I thought I thought we had a good week and, and we challenged, you know. Um, again, always go back to me, right? Am I mixing the coverages enough? Am I making the quarterback hold the ball for a, an extra second? You know, all those things that result in the matchup on the out, on the outside. But I think those guys worked hard, had a good week. Second row right, Bill Landis, the athletic. Nope, Bill Landis, Rivals. Folks, I don't know about that Philadelphia Catholic ball here. It's gotten a lot better since I left, yeah. Uh, Ronnie, <laughs> Ronnie is on pace for, I think, half the tackles he had last year. But he said that's a good thing because it means the ball's not getting to him. Um, on a down-to-down basis, how does he impact things for you, even on those plays where it, it, it doesn't end with him making the stop? Like it, uh, he's been such a constant for you. Why yeah. is that the case? Yeah, he's, his um, – his attitude on the sidelines, um, whether it's the sidelines of practice or the sidelines of games, right? A lot of things that uh, people don't see. I mean, he, he is that guy who kind of always keeps, you know, um, strong defensive attitude in that, you know, hey, we got to do our job. You know, how do we correct this? What's next? You know, just a really focused guy. So you see that 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 helps a lot. Um, yeah, it's a good thing that he's not uh, making that many tackles. But like I said, we can always do more with our safeties when the time comes and need be. Uh, far right, Clay Hall, WSYX. Did you uh, did Tennessee uh, kind of make you sit up and take notice? Did you see them in that game? I saw them, yeah, and my daughter went to Tennessee, so I, I sent a lot of money to Tennessee. But they, they, she she made me keenly aware with, you know, LFG Vols, you know, texts that she sent me all the time. But, you know, so it was, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, that is – that is a lot of what um, I went against in the Big Twelve, right? That that kind of that kind of attitude of offense, the kind of attitude that our offense has, right? It's like we're trying to score every play, you know. I think that's what you saw out of Tennessee. Um, so systematically, you know, I I really built things. For that kind of that kind of offense, right? And now the adjustments uh, come in terms of more tight ends and fullbacks and those kind of things. But um, is more of what I used to, what you saw in the Tennessee game. And final question from row left, Dave Biddle, twenty four seven Sports. Jim, um, how much can Jordan Hancock help you guys um, once he gets back? Like, how good was he in the spring and in camp before he got hurt? And just how much can he help you guys? Yeah, Jordan, Jordan can be a great help. You know, I think uh, really like the way he performed uh, before the injury and his his attitude, his calmness, his demeanor. Um, I think he's got uh, a lot of the things you look for in a corner. So having him back in the mix will be helpful to the whole group and the defense. I mean, those kind of things can really change calls and, and make an impact Behind the scenes, you know, his demeanor, I think, is is, is helpful to all of us. Coach, thank you very much. Thanks, Jim.
All right, folks, we're going to open up the floor for Coach Wilson. Fourth row middle, Pat Murphy, 24-7 sports. Shout out to Brian was talking about the 2017 Iowa game, and, and the first thing he pointed to was that pick six right at the beginning. How much does something like that change things for an offense, especially as you look back what you guys were coming off of in that Penn State game the week prior? Again, especially on the road, you know, and energizing their crowd, you know, and all that. Same deal, you know, when you know them coming here, the chance for them to start with success kind of deflates things. So, you know, the game game's a lot of momentum. You got to overcome play steady and play through the ebbs and flows. But uh, uh, that definitely ignited them. And, and, of course, they played tremendous that day and got after us in a good way. Uh, second row right, Bill Landis, the athletic. I'm sorry, right. <laughs> Kevin, uh, you guys have built up a lot of different offensive packages just sort of in light of, of missing some guys. And, and Ryan has talked about that being a strength of the offense, that, that multiplicity and versatility. Assuming you get a, a full boat of, of playmakers back at some point, how does that stuff still – remain part of, of the offensive plan, or, or do you revert back to whatever you might have had in mind coming into the season when you thought you would have everyone available? I think it's, um, I mean, it's challenging because, you know, if you you can become a collage of a lot of things, you know, and you try to make everybody happy and get everybody a touch and get everybody on the field, and then you can actually get out of rhythm. Uh, so I think a lot of times it's going to come back to each week, the structure of the defense, their strengths, you know, versus, you know, our strengths and how you want to attack it from a, from a run game, from a protection, you know, and the issues in protection and helping out, you know, guys that need help and picking up their blitzes. And then you get in the pass game. How do you complement it with play? You know, the simple throws, the, 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 you know, the perimeter, the quick ones that get out of hand, the, the stress-free passes. I, you know, I like how many times can you throw the ball and the left tackle and the quarterback have an easy job, you know, and it's, and so how many times can you stress-free throw? And then you get into, then the shots you have to make and the conversion. So, I mean, it's, it's a, there's an art to that. There's a knack for that. And, um, I think as coaches, we just got to do a great job continuing to have every player embrace it. I think we've done it long enough and our kids have seen it um, long enough that you think you're going into a game and something's going to happen. We really got this worked up and it's going to happen. It's going to come your way. We've got this thing set up. We're going to do this and this and this and boom, here's your play. And then sometimes it even happens and it is your play, but you don't get the right coverage or a protection breaks down. And, you know, there was your opportunity, quote unquote, you think your play that went away. It's amazing for us that we just keep telling the kids when you play for the brotherhood and not for yourself, you'll get your place. You know, when you get a little selfish and you get a little greedy, it just seems to kind of implode for you. So it'll be challenging going forward to, to work it all together. Uh, but I think complimenting some of those big guys on the edges with Mitch and, and Kate and G helps. Uh, I think X has done a nice job and so he can can bring some things to us. And of course, we got tremendous running backs and receivers, and that quarterback's pretty good. So, Front row middle, uh, Bill Rabinowitz, Columbus Dispatch. Kevin, what's the number one thing that stands out to you about Iowa's defense? Well, I mean, we know how good they are. But yeah, they're good. Man. They, um, yeah, I first crossed these guys in 1999, Crook's first year when I was at Northwestern. We had a really great game in 2000, had a big win over an opponent. and. Went there the next week and scored, I think, 10 points and laid an egg. And same defense, same structure, same guys. Me and Phil Parker go back to 1990 when he was at Toledo and I was in Miami, Ohio. We used to recruit Central Ohio together. We used to spring recruit riding the same car and drive up together, me and him and, and Doug Klein from Kent State. We'd show up together and say, who you got? Because we figured if, if three of us showed, they'd actually talk to someone from the MAC. And we recruited together. Played, played a lot of golf with him. He's a great coach. Tried to hire him. I was in Indiana. He was, he was behind Norm. I thought he was an, I think he's an awesome coach. He knows their defense. Their players know their defense. Their players want it very good. They play with great leverage up front, great hand discipline. They get off blocks. They occupy double teams and free up backers. Their eye discipline with their corners and safeties and the way that they're fit on who their reads are that tell them running passes. And that's why they get their hands on so many balls because they're, they're playing vision defense, vision break. And uh, they're very clean up front, always have been, always will be. Uh, and I think the under underlying thing that they don't flash, but they have better quality players than people give them credit for. They always have a handful of guys that are tremendous in the perimeter. They've had national winners in the perimeter. They've had great linebackers. And because you're playing against the Kirk Ferentz team, they're, they're good on both lines of scrimmage up front with O-line, D-line. So we'll have our hands full blocking them. We'll have our hands full trying to get balance and get the run game going. And then off that, you know, they know their defense so well, and Phil knows the defense. He knows when you're trying to work him how to get to it and changes coverages and changes looks. So it'll you're you're in the back half of the Big Ten, so it's not easy. You can cosmetically look at it easy. You can say it is what it is with with numbers and and what it should be, 
But you play this time of year with elements. You play this time of year where you truly start showing if you're tough and you're physical and you're disciplined and you play with respect and you have a good preparation. I love the way our kids practice last last week, like the quick start we had yesterday. But we're in a stretch where you find out what kind of football team you got, and this is going to be a great test on Saturday. Front row right, Austin Ward, Rivals 97.1. Tim, I know you were always a believer in Duan and had this, this vision of him developing. Has it surpassed what you thought he could become? As no, a- he's not close to what he can be, and he's doing well. He's just young and growing. You know, we went over, and I knew his coach. His coach uh, played for us at Miami, Ohio, for Coach Walker back back years ago. Terry Hepner recruited his his high school coach. So I know his coach Jason Simmons very very well. Uh, the, over there, and he said, "Hey, you know, I got this guy's basketball guy. And he's kind of raw." And saw him run around a little bit. Got him over here. He saw how big he was, and and then we went and watched him play basketball. Uh, I think it's uh, actually the Friday night before Big Ten championship game, and you watch him run down the court, and like you know, you shouldn't be that big and move that well. And there's still. You know, it's, it's continuing as his body matures, as he's maturing as a young man. Um, he's playing really good, proud of what he's doing. It's not been easy. It would have been much easier to uh, have come up short with the with the, the amount of effort he's had. It's not, it's not easy for him to, you know, you know everybody kind of laughs when those guys take off running. I say, okay, you know, you know, you're a defensive back and you weigh up 200 pounds. So strap four 45-pound plates on the back of your back and – and we'll give you four more seconds to run across the field a couple times. You know, I mean, he's, he's carrying a lot of weight. So I, I've proud of the way he's grown up, proud of the way he's doing academically. Uh, I think he's got a high ceiling, and I want to see him finish very, very strong for us. And he potentially has a great future as he keeps playing. Kevin, you guys haven't been stopped in the red zone this year. Touchdowns and all the two-year trips down there. Just what do you think have been the keys to success in that area? I think we've ran it better. Which would be tough. I think I was allowed five touchdowns this year in the red zone. I looked at their numbers, um, so it'll be tough this week because they're a great running defense. And when you can run the ball and stay a little bit more on schedule, so you don't get third and eight and third and nine and spaces where the field gets condensed and the zones get tighter, and they can be more aggressive in blitzing when they want to blitz and come at you. So I think running, staying on schedule. You know, we work really hard uh, at a few things through the off season, through preseason, and even during the game week of prepping third down conversion. So we try to get the base plan going, but then what's the critical conversions, you know, and that's you know, how you're converting on third down. And those are four point plays, you know, and getting to a third and one and two versus third and seven on the seven yard line is a big deal. I mean, third and third and nine on the nine, what you got, you know, and they got like a, a picket fence sitting back there and there's a bunch of bodies. It's like they're doing jumping jacks and you can't get a throw or something through there. It's very, very tough sledding. So I think staying on schedule, they get commitment to it. And I think, uh, you know, Coach Day and our, our staff, we work hard to try to put a good plan. And then the kids learn how to execute it. And CJ has done a great job. You know, Ryan's pretty aggressive wanting to throw down there sometimes. But the quarterback has to understand not to force it. And we've done a good job of not having turnovers as we thought. So I think running the ball, staying on schedule, and the quarterback not forcing the ball has been key to that thing being really good for us. There's sort of a, excuse me, like a palpable edge from Luke Whipler that you guys probably noticed early on, but we were getting it more and more, I think, as we talked to him. Again, please. The Luke Whipler just has like this palpable edge to him. Yeah. Like he's, and how does that resonate with the rest of the offense? It depends on the day and, and, and when he resonates it, I guess. The drill and the timeline, it can be a positive resignation or a resonation or maybe not so. Uh, it's just Luke being Luke. It's just personality. I think he's got enough confidence to just be comfortable in his skin. And I don't think it's for sure. I think a lot of our guys um, have, you know, their different characteristics that make them unique. And as you become young men and you get comfortable and there's a lot of love amongst yourself, you're just not afraid to be you. You know, you're not trying to be braggadocious or boast or or point fingers at guys, but just be yourself. He's pretty consistent. And again, the best thing about Luke, he's one of our best workers. So as you work hard, sometimes your voice you know, carries and carries a little bit more solid because he's a great worker, a great practice player. He's there every day. He's great in all season. It's kind of helped him as he has his edge. And I think that's one of the unique – because, you know, he's not overly large in the offensive line. He's a decent size for center. Yeah, but I think a part of his uh, mental makeup gives him a chance to be the player he is. And as he matures, he's, he'll, he'll keep getting nothing but better too. He's, he's off to a good start for his career for sure. Kevin, uh – Iowa's defense does a really good job in particular teams of stopping big plays. They're the only team in the country that has a lot of play, 40 yards or more. What, what do they do well in that front, and what's the challenge of going against a defense that, that generally does a good job of containing kind of the big, broken plays? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, each year is a little bit different, but for these guys, it's not because again, it's the structure of the defense. You know, and I wouldn't say they're uh, by no means a, a bend but not break defense. I mean, they're sitting there and they're slow to get out of pedals and breaks because they're driving on balls, but they they know how they're going to get worked. So they know when you're going to attack them deep and double moves and things you try to do, and they rally great. They play the ball very, very well. So when you do take those one-on-one, those, quote, 50-50 balls, they're sometimes not 50-50 against their 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 guys. And you're sitting there saying, well, is this guy going to be Mr. First-Round Draft Pick? I don't know if he's first-round draft pick, but it's a great football player that challenges plays. So, you know, the structure, the, you know, they're, they're, they're just it's, – it's an umbrella sound that's slow to back up. It's easy to come down, add on the run. It all starts up front. That when they stop the run and get you on long yardage and when their D-line's pushing the pocket and not giving the quarterback a lot of time to throw. Um, but again, I just think it's a credit again to the scheme. Not only how it's coached, but the players know it and they got really good players. And it's not just this year. That's every year Iowa defense. Kevin, is if you stressed to your guys hang on a second, but going back, big plays, five touchdowns in the red zone. That's why they're low twenty, they don't give up the big play. And you get down there, they do a great job red zone defense. Sorry. Yeah, that dovetails into what I'm asking. I mean, uh, I was going to ask you, is this the toughest defense y'all will have faced so far? If y'all stress that with your guys that it may be tougher sledding this way. I mean, how do, how do, you, how do yeah. you ramp them up in that regard? Yeah, I don't know if it's, you know, I mean, we play some teams that, you know, have been tough and, 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 and do, their, do play their defense and their structure well. But I think when you just put on the tape and the guys know there's not been a lot of rah, rah, hey, come on now, these guys are better. The tape shows that they're really, really good. And for us to be a really strong offense, when you play the best defenses, you show what you really are. So we'll see in these games and the games coming up, are we a great, have a chance to be, have a great season, have a chance to be a great team, have a chance to be a tough team, have a chance to be a strong team. Cause in these games, you start showing what it is. They've got a few losses a year ago. They're in the championship games. A lot of the same guys, same players. They got in a couple close games that didn't go their way. Okay. But on, on what we're seeing, our players know it. They don't have to be motivated. The motivation is coming off the open date down the stretch. Our football team learning how to play championship football. In October and in November, and we'll see if we're that kind of team. Right behind him, Doug Lamery, Kevin, you've been doing this a long time, been in a lot of offensive meeting rooms, making game plans. Can you just take <coughs> us in when you guys are in in it midweek, making an offensive game plan? And the ideas are all out there. Just what's that like? What's this group like collectively coming up with a plan each week? Yeah, you know, it's, I, I mean, to me, it's it's always been really, really good since I've been here. I know when I came over as one of Coach Myers' charges was to, you know, the, to get the, the, the offensive staff to work together and be collective. So to me, I've, you know, I always started and still do with a lot of questions, you know, a lot of talking doesn't mean, and I think we've got guys that, you know, uh, I think probably Ryan and myself probably throw more ideas out that never stick. It's not your play. It's not your idea. It's just a lot of talking out loud, working because again, you know, I'll, I'll make a comment about this, but then Justin Frow say, yeah, but you know, for the offensive tackle, that's a conflict of something that we're doing here. So I'm not sure if that's good for that. Or Tony might say, you know, hey, for the running back here, you know, you know, it's been a little bit better for him this way. So it's just, just learning how to work together because at the end, we're no different than the offensive team. We're a team and our ability to collectively work together, check your ego at the door. And work together, you know, I think, you know, as, as players and coaches, we all have egos, but we ask the players to check their ego and play for the team as a coach, check your ego and work for the group so that we all have a lot of ideas, but we come together. Here's what we're doing. Cause then your energy is you take it to the meeting room and your ability to coach it and connect and teach the players is what makes it go. So those guys know if you like that play, believe in that player, not just by the way you draw it up and put it on the board. You know, and, and the way you go through it with the guys. So to me, it's, it's a total deal and, and, uh, been around a lot of really good crowds, but it, it's the best thing. We show up every day at seven and I walk straight in that room and sit right down and I seldom even make it to my office. So we're in that room the whole time working as a group and it, it's, a, it's one of the best things of the day. And I mean, I love every second being with those guys and it's a great group of men. And we got some young coaches that do a great job. We got GAs and guys that are like, hey, you know, so and so. I remember when I worked here, we did it. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of inter, interaction, and, and it's not, it's not a one horse show in there. There's, there's, there. Coach Day leads leads the parade. He's the grand marshal at the back of that that parade. But there's a lot of floats that are that have a lot of good ideas as we go down that thing there. That's time for a couple more. Adam King, WBNS, and Obviously, this offense 
has been dominating all year, able to find the end zone. Doesn't seem like they've missed a beat without JSN. But how much do you guys actually miss having him out there? You guys got like call letters and stuff here, like we're on, you know, you know, like like on the radio, like you know, like you say, you know, I like the JSN. Okay, Jackson. Um, I, I got stuck on JSN, so give me the question again. You threw me off there. I thought it was your your radio he station. Gets one question. I'm sorry. Here we go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How much do you guys miss having Jackson out there? Oh, I miss him because I just I remember going back. Told, I talked to him. I remember back in in bowl prep. I remember in spring ball, I had a couple conversations. I just love how hard you practice. Just what he brought from that aspect. He's a great player, great kid, but he just loves to play ball. And I just miss that because he's a kid that's like, you know, he's like, you know, he's, he's just having fun playing ball. And I just miss him out there because he has a natural energy to him. He's a tremendous player, very, very competitive. You know, I feel from, I know he personally wanted a great year, but the good Lord's got those plans. But, you know, our football team will be better when he's, when he's going, when he's kind of doing a fair amount, but getting him back, if we can get him back and get him consistent. Will be better, not just because he's going to make plays, but just the energy he brings as a practice player. Because one of the better players I've been around, one of the best practice players I've been around, and the really good teams know how to practice. And like I said, I, I, I was talking to a scout today about how you know his injuries dragging. I said, you know, he's, you know, he's a great player. He said, coach, I was here in preseason, he had like seven touchdown passes one day. And he's a great practice player. So I just look forward to getting back. Not only make those plays on Saturday, you guys get to see. But I just love what he brings to us on a daily basis and. Without forcing it, you know, when it's meant to be, he, he just brings a lot of great juice and karma to our team. It's awesome. And final question, deep right, Spencer Holbrook, 11 in a row. You guys, you guys talk a lot in the preseason about Dallin's progression as a running back, but how, how big has he been for you guys with, with you know, Trevion and mine both missing time, and how big do you think he can be as he continues to progress in the second half of the year? Well, really good, and, you know, not just because you guys get a chance when games are called upon, but when we're out there going – a lot of guys that sometimes aren't making some plays you see on Saturday are practicing at a high level that makes our practices go so well. So his ability to play well, when you're not saying things on Tuesday, Wednesday, it's just a better vibe to practice. He knows what he's got. He knows who he's got in protection. He's making the read. He's got great ball security. So it's nice to see him as a young guy develop and get game reps. But what we see is a lot of guys like him and some of these guys that are the, the twos that are playing some but not as much. You see these guys right now start to make that jump and start to become the consistent player, the consistent practice player that you want. And I mean, to me, it's been nice to see him grow, but we're, we'll be out there damn practice and it might be the fourth play, ones on ones, and all of a sudden he's playing tailback and he's making a nice play and it just creates great chemistry that you don't feel like the offense now has fallen off and we're going against our guys in practice. So it's nice to see him in games. Some of his play has been maybe mop up, but when he's playing good on good, not just he, but a lot of those young guys, Jaden Ballard at receiver, some of those young tight ends that keep coming along, the young offensive line and the second crowd's getting better. Josh Fryer and those guys. Those guys playing better against our defenses just makes our team better. So it just leads to great practice, flow of practice, consistent practice. So what you see on some Saturdays, great. Great future. I just love what those guys are bringing because the great teams are good down the stretch and the great teams are practicing good. And we're going to try to have a great Tuesday today on the field. So see you guys. Go Bucks.